Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Always a pleasure to be here, Daniel. As always, a stacked show today. You know, um, I saw, I've been getting a lot of tweets about uh, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Uh, I love Ben. Ben is a great show, the Ben Shapiro podcast. Yep. It's really a wonderful product. Uh, I think he's the number one. Pretty sure he's the number one conservative yes. podcast out there. So a uh, hat tip to him. But I've been getting a lot of emails and tweets and communications via social media. Um, apparently, Joe uh, Shapiro has some questions about the the legitimacy of, of this of claims about the source and other things. And uh, he sent out a tweet yesterday I wanted mm. to address. And by the way, let me just say there's in no way... Uh, uh, no way at all. Don't misinterpret this in a means to attack uh, Ben Shapiro. Ben's a more than informed guy. He knows his stuff. I like him very much personally. I think he's doing a lot for the cause. Um, I just, I, you know, you, you are my audience and I've got uh, received, excuse me, a lot of questions about, well, Shapiro thinks otherwise. I'd like you to address that. So I'm going to handle that today. Uh, I want to get to some of that. Also, I want to talk about uh, another brewing controversy, uh, hypocrisy on the left, a, uh, a rapper. I'd never heard of, excuse me, I'm, I'm, <laughs> forgive me, but music, I'm kind of isolated these days. I'm not on like iMusic or anything anymore. But a rapper was going to meet with Trump at the White House about prison reform, hmm. and the left lost their marbles again. But this speaks to a bigger argument with the left and the hypocrisy on the left about who you can meet with, be in the presence of, and not. And I'm going to talk about that briefly before I get into some more explosive developments in this case. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. You know, I'm a big supporter of iTarget. Got another uh, terrific email, piece of feedback yesterday about iTarget. This is the best system out there for improving dramatically your proficiency with a firearm. If you're going to own a firearm, you darn well better know how to use it. When you're in the Secret Service, one of the lines they used to tell us in training is you are responsible for every round. You fire that round, God forbid, and you're the President of the United States to defend him. You better be able to hit what you're firing at, right? There are innocent people around, the President's around, so we had that expression, you're responsible for every round. That's why we focus so heavily on proficiency. We had to shoot every month, and then quarterly, we had to go through a pretty extensive requalification course on all the firearms, the Heckler & Koch MP5, uh, the, the Remington 870 shotgun, uh, for the ERT guys and the and the cat guys, you know the the stoner and uh, stoner nobody calls it that anymore. The F F F P excuse me, Fabrique National P ninety. So this system, the iTarget Pro system, what it is is it is a laser round. They will send you. It's a round. It's obviously inert. It only emits a laser. And what you'll do is you'll drop it in the safely unloaded firearm you have now. Whatever you have. I have a Glock 43. I'm thinking of buying a a brand new SIG. You'll drop that round in the safely unloaded firearm you have now. Check it. Check it twice. Check it three times to make sure it's unloaded. And when you depress the trigger on that safely unloaded firearm with the laser round in it, it'll emit a laser onto a target they send you. So now when you dry fire... Uh, practice where you're firing a safely unloaded gun, you'll see where the round would have gone. It's the best system out there. You will be uh, you'll be getting to expert status relatively shortly. Practice your sight alignment, your trigger control, all in the safety and security of your own home. Go to the website itargetpro.com. These are great supporters of us. Second Amendment, really, really good uh, company. I love them to death. Enormously good customer service, the best. The website's itargetpro.com. That's the letter itargetpro.com itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan for 10% off. That's my first name, D-A-N. Okay. So just quickly on this thing. So this rapper gets invited to the White House to talk about prison reform, Meek Mill. And the left, again, Joe, loses its mind like they always do because, God forbid, an actual conversation between competing ideologies happens. Remember... The left's ultimate goal is shut down. You know, you know what? It reminds me of Negan from The Walking Dead. I used to watch that show. Um, it been lapsing because of some stupid comments by some of the actors in there. But Negan used to say in The Walking Dead, we're going to shut that down. This is an effort to shut down conversation. The conversation cannot happen. The liberal mindset is this. We must convince people that Republicans hate them through the strategic use of identity politics. They hate you because fill in the blank. You are black. You are Hispanic. You are gay. You are uh, transgender. You are Muslim. You are Jewish. You are whatever. That is their only plan. The minute a conversation starts and that's sidelined in favor of, well, what do the Republicans and the conservatives actually support? The Democrats are terrified 
satisfied that people are actually going to see that Republicans have a diverse set of ideas in real diversity, not the liberal sense of diversity, which is usually um, not doesn't mean that at all. It usually means uh, conformity. So when the rapper was invited to the White House, Meek Mill, apparently, according to some Fox News reporting, Jay-Z, another prominent rapper married to Beyonce, a very powerful guy in that sphere, pressured him to not go. Now, what I find ironic about this, Joe, is they don't want if 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 Meek Mill, this raptor is, uh, rapper, is in the <laughs> raptor. That was a Freudian slip, right? My truck. <laughs> this rapper uh, is in the presence of Donald Trump. Anything you do in the presence of Donald Trump apparently is a reflection of Donald Trump himself. They believe he is uh, the you know evil incarnate, and therefore you were evil incarnate yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Joe. Yeah. Don't you remember Barack Obama sitting for years in the church of a man named Jeremiah Wright, oh, who yes. said some really horrendous, awful things? Uh, you know, the I'm not even... are coming home. Yeah, to yeah. roost. Yep, that was him. And the GD, D-D I'm not even going to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, remember that? I sure and do. What was the liberal excuse? Well, you can go sit in the church, and you're not necessarily responsible for everything the guy says. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I, I, a hundred percent agree. I, I. I enjoy my church. Yeah. Sometimes the priest says something in the homily. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not res- right. Don't yeah. you? And you're like, oh, I'm not so sure about that one. Right. But that doesn't mean you're responsible for everything that uh, someone you meet with says. But the liberals, you uh, the only thing I'm trying to point out here, folks, is do you understand the liberals have no guiding ideology? These are hypocritical, hypocritical, unprincipled people with no bearing in reality. Their entire ideological argument, their base is not ideological at all. It is simply a power play to keep you from hearing the truth. To hear the truth. They don't want you to hear the truth. They want you guided only by this. Everybody who's not on our side is a racist and we're going to protect you against them. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You're darn right. By the way, I just saw, I watched this movie, Crazy Heart, which I love. I've seen that movie probably 10, 15 times. I watched it with my wife. Hmm. That reminds me. uh, It was the dude was the the same actor, right? Jeff Bridges. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm terrible with actors, but that's a really good movie. I love that movie. I love stories about redemption, especially ones that don't have a happy ending, but have like a genuinely, uh, you know, a genuine ending. What happens in the real world? Not all stories in life are cleaned up so neatly as they are in Hollywood. And that leaves you kind of at the end, like with a feeling like, all right, well, maybe it could have, that's the way it could have worked out. But the Meek Mill story is important. It's an effort to shut down conversation using hip- using hypocrisy. Well, Obama can sit in a church with Jeremiah Wright, and he's not responsible for everything that's said, and it's just an exchange of ideas. But God forbid Meek Mill sits down with Donald Trump at that point. It is obviously a reflection of everything Donald Trump believes. Uh, Donald Trump, according to the left, is a you know evil incarnate, and therefore Meek Mill should not sit down with him. It's just total BS, and it should really upset you all. I have an article in the show notes today about it, too. I encourage you to check it out. All right. Uh, folks, there's a lot going on. Now, addressing the uh, Shapiro tweet, this is important. Ben is a pretty prominent conservative voice. And again, this is a, not an attack on Ben at all. He has uh, some very informed opinions, and I, I appreciate his show a lot. Uh, he's got a really big audience. But he seems to be very skeptical of certain portions of this uh, Obamagate narrative. Now, he sent out a tweet. It, it was about, uh, I don't know, six, seven hours ago from the time we're recording this. And the gist of it was this, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems skeptical of the of the narrative on Trump because of number one, why didn't it leak? In other words, like if if this was a truly a spying operation against the Trump team mm-hmm. and not the Russians, that's a, the media's the New York Times and the Washington Post, by the way, have been insinuating that too. So just to be clear, what we're talking about. They're saying now the new narrative with the with the left leaning media and a lot of the uh you know, Praetorian Guard media protectors. I'm not saying Ben's that. He has some legitimate questions, but I'm saying a lot of the new narrative, Joe, is this. They weren't really spying on the Trump team, okay? They were spying on and trying to interfere with Russian collusion in the election. All right. And in that effort, they wound up intersecting with people in the Trump orbit. I, I don't believe the evidence supports that at all. Now, Ben has some questions and says he's skeptical of the they were spying on the Trump team narrative, more aligning with the they were trying. They were spying on the they were, 
you know, aiming to interfere with the Russian efforts narrative. And he says, number one, well, wh- why didn't it leak? In other words, why didn't any of this leak out? Any of this information beforehand? About this operation. Okay. Well, I have an answer for that. And I think it puts a lot of this to bed. The reason the operation to spy on Trump and uh, one, a lot of it did leak out, by the way, uh, especially the identity of Halper, which was, I mean, just listen to my show from March and you'll see we were already on to this hat tip to Chuck Ross uh, and others out there. The identities of these people did leak out. A lot of people had information, you know, me included from other people about stuff in the scan. It did leak out because there were people very disturbed. So, but his point is, well, if there was such a massive operation to spy on the Trump team, I'm guessing from the tweets, like, well, why didn't the details of the operation leak out? You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Like, given yeah. The, the problems with information, custody, and mm-hmm. DC fair question. Well, here's why I believe it didn't leak out in, 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 significant droves and tranches of information because there was nothing to leak the information remember the leaking operation in dc once you keep in mind and you keep this in context is strictly designed to do one thing joe who do you think the operation in dc is designed to hurt trump the democrats or trump 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 yeah of course not a trick question the leaking operation in dc is designed to hurt Donald Trump. Why? I had a conversation with the pretty prominent Trump guy yesterday. He didn't request that I not use his name, so I'm going to keep it out of this. But I was on the phone with him for a good hour in the morning before the show. Hmm. And we had this conversation. Yeah, I'll tell you who it is later. It's an interesting conversation. Folks, the operation to take down Trump, please keep this crystal clear. I'm going to relate this back to the leaks, but you'll understand where I'm going with this in a second. Was not a Democrat-only operation. Please understand this. It was an establishment GOP operation as well. Why do you think there are prominent GOP senators? Not a verbal typo. Senators, GOP senators, who are now freaking out now that the identity of the source used to intersect the Trump campaign and entrap them, Stefan Halper, is starting to leak out in press reports. Why do you think they're freaking out? Have you looked at Halper's resume? Oh, he was employed by the Bush administration? The Reagan administration? Yeah. Fact. Hmm. This was not a Democrat-only operation. The conversation I had yesterday, what I was trying to emphasize, is the reason the leaks about this spying operation did not come out in the detail it did about the anti-Trump uh, a lot of the uh, a lot about Mike Flynn and the other stuff the, a lot of the anti-Trump efforts is because there was nothing to leak there was no negative Trump information Joe all of their efforts to intersect the Trump orbit make the Trump people look like idiots came up dry bare there was nothing there there was no why leak information that is potentially exculpatory yeah. they wanted to make him look bad right There were GOP swamp rats whose jobs were at stake, whose promises of future jobs were at stake. Guys, ladies, please understand this. Uh, Having run for office, I think I have a unique perspective on I'm not trying to put anybody else's show down at all. Don't take this the wrong way. But when you run for office, I mean really run for office. I'm not knocking anyone. I'm not talking about running for a dog catcher. I'm talking about when you run for Senate and the Congress and you get a nomination for the Republican Party and you're dealing with the real players, RNC, the NRSC, the NRCC. You're dealing with all kinds of conservative groups, Republican groups, centrist groups, whatever they may be, all who have their own interests. You get a really unique perspective based on emails and what people say to you and what people ask of you about what's going on. Do you understand that the election of Donald Trump, if it were to happen was an existential threat to the very real financial lives of very real people. This was, don't for a second think this was about, oh, they just didn't like Trump. Trump, I'm not, again, trying to be in in any way pretentious about it. Just when you run, you'll get a different experience. People vote for people and support people they don't like all the time. Why, Joe? Mm -hmm. Oh, he promised me a job. They won't say that, of course, but that's the quid pro quo. 
They promise me a job. I can make a connection. I can then lobby later on, do that connection and sell my access to someone else to the highest bidder. This is all about personal financial benefit, the the growth of power, the growth of power networks. Donald Trump was going to disrupt all of this. Please understand this. This was a guy, Joe. He He doesn't need your damn money. There you go. He doesn't need your fame and notoriety. He has all the power he needs before he even got in there. He was a billionaire with a very successful major uh, uh, television broadcast network show who had almost universal name ID and everybody kissed his butt. Oh, you don't believe me? There are photos of Democrats up in Trump Tower looking for donations just years ago. You think I'm making this up? Mitt Romney going up there, an establishment swamp rat going up there, kissing his butt for money. The Clintons, he wasn't he at that? Wasn't he at one of the uh, a wedding for one of the kids or something yeah, like I that with the Clintons? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump, listen to me, swamp rats. And this is the conversation I had with the guy. Okay. Trump doesn't need you. He didn't care. It is the need based interconnection network that drives Washington D.C. What am I saying? Trump was a threat to all of this. People had been promised things in this election by Republicans running for president, too. Hey, man, you know, if I get in there, Joe, yeah. you know, your boy in college, we're going to take care of him. We're going to make him the deputy triple undersecretary for underwear inspections in the Department of Underwear Inspections. Whoa, that sounds great. Yeah. Six-figure government job with four to eight years security? Like Sounds it. good to me. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. Republican presidential candidate Joey Bag of Donuts. Hey, and by the way, if you elect that guy Trump, he's going to give you the double-barreled middle finger. You know why? He doesn't know how powerful you are. You're running this whatever Republican uh, sp- uh, special interest group. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're going to donate a, what, $100,000 in independent expenditures yeah. to get me elected in, in, in a swing state of Florida? Hey, your boy's going to be the chief underwear inspector here. You got that? Hey, buddy. In the Clintonian way, for those of you listening to yesterday's show. It's a palm greasing network. You think Trump gives a crap about your boy's underwear inspection job in the underwear inspection unit of the U.S. government? Trump doesn't give a pun intended. He doesn't care. This was all a threat to all of them. Now, the foreign intelligence involvement in the book is going to blow you away. There's other angles there why foreign governments who were friendlies to us, the United Kingdom, the, uh, the, the Australians, why they were involved in the spying operation on Trump is entirely different. Mm. They're, well, not yes and no, but their primary motivations I have in the book are explosive. They had real interest. Guys, this was not about, oh, people didn't like Trump. He was going to drain the swamp. Yeah, that, that's a talking point. Great. Trump was a threat to everything. He doesn't need. Hey, what were you going to do to Trump, Joe? What were you going to do to him? Were you going to walk? Let's say you and I represent a, a, a Republican pack, right? Yeah. And we're going to spend 200000 in independent expenditures in a swing state to get Trump elected in a primary. All right. He doesn't need it. Right. He was a billionaire. What are you going to do? Walk into him? Hey, Trumpo, daddy yo. here's how this is going to go down. Because this is what they've done with Republicans in the past. Yep. Here's how this is going to... You're going to hire my boy, chief underwear inspector, okay? And we're going to make sure you get elected in Michigan, in the Michigan primary, because I know you need those delegates. You walk into Trump and say that he's like, who are you? Get the hell out of my office. He doesn't care. He doesn't need your money. He has universal name ID. Ladies and gentlemen, we exist in the political space, okay? To a lot of us, Lindsey Graham, you know who he is. You may like him, you may not like him, right? Yeah. But you and I, Joe and I know who he is. Yeah. Senator from South Carolina. Do you understand voters in Michigan and a Michigan primary? Eighty percent of them probably have no idea who he is. Maybe not eighty, but close. A good percentage have no idea who he is, right? Mm-hmm. What is Lindsey Graham? I'm just using him as an example. No offense meant, but he was one of the lesser prominent candidates running in the, uh, for he ran for president, remember? 
I'm not again. Just I'm just using his, his, him as an example. So excuse me. I'm not trying to impugn the guy's character. I'm just telling you that Lindsey Graham is a traditional DC politician who's used to the way the game is played. He needs name ID. He needs big donors, and he needs. And what do they need? They need access to Lindsey Graham. Trump doesn't care. He has universal name ID. One hundred percent. Of people who vote in the Michigan primary, well, 99.99964, low ivory soap, whatever. They know who Trump is. He doesn't need you. He has universal name ID on a ballot. Why does that matter? On a primary ballot to get elected the Republican nominee for president. What is not there on the ballot? Think, think, think. This is important to understanding Trump. No party affiliation. It's a Republican primary. Everybody's a Republican. It doesn't say Marco Rubio, Joe Armacost, Lindsey Graham, Donald Trump, conservative, more conservative, less conservative, libertarian. It's just a name. I'm saying, yeah, right? They see you're, it's clicking. It's just, I know I ran in elections. It's just your name. That's why name ID matters. That is why politicians sell their butts all the time to get your money to put their commercials on TV so you remember the names in a different way this time. Yeah, I was having a regular moment. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense now? Yeah. Yeah. They said you're gonna wait, you're gonna do you're gonna do I independent expenditure. By the way, you're not even allowed to coordinate. That's illegal. But you're gonna donate a maximum amount to my campaign? 2700 bucks where I can buy, you know, $2,700 in Google ads to get my name out there in a swing state. Oh, what, what, what happened? What do you want? Oh, your son, he needs to be the underwear guy. Okay. All right. We'll think about it. This is how the game worked. Yeah. Trump threw it all out the window. He had universal name ID. Everybody knew Trump. He didn't care. He didn't need your money. He didn't need your time. He didn't need your ballot access. And he certainly didn't need to promise your kid the chief underwear inspector job. Why didn't leak leak? Because there was nothing to leak. There was this there was an extensive operation by people on both sides in the establishment swamp and the Democrat swamp to take this guy down. They were not going to leak information that was exculpatory. What were they going to leak? We tried multiple times to send people into the Trump orbit to probe them from information on Russia contacts and it never and they came clean every time. There was nothing to leak. Now, I want to get to in a minute the evolution of this case from what was a human spying effort to a signal spying effort. And you'll see what I mean by why they didn't leak anything. It was a panic mode at the end, Joe. You can hear in in the reports by Chuck Ross and others about Halper the human source who was trying to intersect upon behalf of the FBI with the Trump team to probe them for information. You can see in his emails and the, and the, uh, the, uh, the uh, testimony provided by Papadopoulos, an increased sense of panic as the campaign comes around in November. By September, these increased attempts to intersect the Trump orbit and get information are fruitless. They're not leaking because there's nothing there. He's panicking, sending these emails. Apparently, he, uh, Papadopoulos says at one point, he seems almost angry by September. Like, hey, George, you know about those Russian emails, right? Uh, please tell me. I have to go tell the FBI something. There's nothing to leak. They tried everything. I have here a note, Hacklet to two hops. I'm going to get to that in a second. Don't go anywhere for that. I'm going to talk about how this thing evolved from a initial, hey, let's probe them for Russian connections that don't exist to try to entrap them, to a sense of sheer desperation as the polling, internal polling probably showed the Clinton team was in a lot of trouble. And they were like, holy Moses, we better get them on some Russia stuff soon. But secondly, Shapiro in his, in his tweet, and again, I, I, I'm not. I like Ben. Please don't take any of this the wrong way. I don't do Republican on Republican violence when it's unnecessary. But he asks, "Well, why doesn't Trump just declassify everything right now?" So again, he's questioning the entire thing that this was a a spying operation exclusively directed at the Trump team, which I insist it is. And I've heard that re- repeatedly here lately. Why doesn't he just? 
you know, break it loose. Yeah, fair. I saw you. Man. I, yeah. I can see you fully. So don't worry. <laughs> Technically, we got a oh, the whole other story. But so again, why didn't it leak? He's saying if this was an operation directed at Trump, then why wouldn't this leak given the lease of it? Well, I'm telling you because the leaks would have been exculpatory towards Trump because they had nothing. Secondly, why doesn't Trump just declassify the whole operation and come clean? There's a reason, folks. If you've been following my show, and I get it, there's a lot of Sessions animosity. I understand. I agree. In some cases, the recusal was disastrous. It's causing all kinds of problems right now. But as I've said to you repeatedly, there are operations going on behind the scenes. This is a fact. Whether you believe that or not at this point is entirely up to you. I'm telling you, based on things I absolutely know and put my entire credibility, this is my livelihood, this show. You think I'm going to lie to you and lose my audience defending something I know doesn't exist? You know, someone asked me once about why I'm a Christian. They said, well, how do you know Jesus Christ exists? I said, well, you know, uh, the disciples died for it. And a guy said to me once, he's like, well, people die for religion all the time. I go, no, no, but people don't die for things they know are categorically untrue, right? Hmm. Joe, Peter, Paul, the the disciples who experienced the resurrection of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. were brutally martyred. You think they did that, although they knew the story they were telling was entirely uh, uh, nonsensical? Hey, we're just making this up, but let me get crucified upside down for it. It doesn't make sense. I'm telling you, I'm not comparing myself to the apostles. Please don't. I'm just, uh, I, any chance I get to spread the word, I try. So it means a lot to me. I hope you understand. I'm putting my entire show's credit. This is my livelihood, my family's livelihood on the line, telling you there are things going on behind the scenes. There are very serious investigations going on into people in the Obama administration. They know it. There is a horse trade likely going on right now. Listen to yesterday's show. Obama's former White House lawyer, Greg Craig, mysteriously resigns from Skadden, the same law firm under investigation by Mueller for a report they did for Trump's campaign manager, Paul Manafort, before he joined the campaign. That was Obama's White House lawyer. He just resigned from Skadden. Bob Bauer, Obama's other White House lawyer, just resigned from Perkins Coie. Bob Bauer, who was that uh, the legal counsel for Obama for America, that took a $700,000 payment they paid to Perkins Coie. By the way, the same law firm that paid Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele for the fake Russian information. Bob Bauer just left Perkins Coie. Catherine Rumler, Obama's lawyer, another day. He had three of these, uh, Craig Bauer and Catherine Rumler's White House counsel. Rumler is representing. He's she's Obama's fixer. She was involved in all of the major scandals in the Obama administration as the fixer. IRS, Benghazi. Look it up yourself. I did a whole show on it. She's representing a source in the Mueller campaign. Mueller's a bad guy. I don't think Mueller's a good guy in this. I mean, investigatively. I, don't, I, I think Mueller is purely a smokescreen at this point, but I believe he's uncovered so much information about the Obama team's involvement that there is some kind of a horse trade going on. And that's why these people are leaving, uh, you know, potentially leaving these law firms. There's too much liability. There are investigations going on. If Trump were to declassify everything right now, A lot of these investigations would be contaminated because evidence may be needed later on for grand juries. That evidence may be used later in a jury pool. Some sources, maybe some sources would be contaminated too. You understand? Mm -hmm. The reason there's not a full-blown effort to declassify is they may be giving up information about ongoing investigations that are targeting people in the Obama administration that did the wrong thing. Thank you. I can't say any more on that. But it's important you understand that. Trump not declassifying everything all at once is not evidence of, hey, well, this really wasn't an effort to spy on Trump because if it was, Trump would just reveal everything. No, it's not that simple. There is an ongoing... What do you think Cuba's doing? What do you think he's playing tiddlywinks? The uh, the uh, United States attorney from Utah assigned by Jeff Sessions to investigate a lot of this garbage? What do you think he's doing? 
You may not agree with the speed at which he's doing things. We may not agree with the result. We'll see. But I'm telling you, he's not triple-double negative. He's not doing nothing. Okay? Yogi Berraism. I don't go to that place anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> Yogi Berra had some great ones. You better go to people's funerals or else they won't go to yours. Huh? <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> Yogi. So just quickly to wrap this up, on point number one, why, uh, why didn't the operation leak out? Because the operation was a bust. You can tell by the increasing desperation of the contacts people are making with the Trump team. George, please give me information about the Russian emails at the end. They don't have anything. Secondly, why isn't Trump declassifying it? Because there's ongoing investigations right now into the abuse of the FISA process and into the sensitive leaking of highly classified information that's a felony. You don't want to give the the, the uh, defendant a head up, a heads up. If let me give you an example, if if Joe told me X plus Y equals Z, right, mm-hmm. and it's X plus Y equals Z was a piece of classified information, mm-hmm. and Trump declassifies the whole operation and it gets out that someone leaked to the media X plus Y equals Z, how does Joe know that they're coming after him? Because Joe knows he's the guy that leaked X plus Y equals Z. Mm -hmm. They can't declassify everything right now. Believe me, folks, there's nothing I'd like to see more than the FISA applications. Nothing. It's going to expose everything. But gosh, I'm begging you, we need justice in this. We have been down this road too many times. The IRS, nothing happens. Benghazi, nothing happens. Fast and Furious, nothing happens. VA scandal, nothing happens. Nothing ever happens. This is why I'm so frustrated. There are things happening. They're not happening as fast as I'd like. I totally agree with you. The Sessions recusal was a disastrous. Rosenstein has been an abomination. But we may finally have something on people who actually committed crimes and who will actually be held responsible. I don't want to see them skate again on some technicality or release of information where the whole case gets thrown out. It's important. All right, I got some more stuff I got to get to. Really interesting stuff. Uh, Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. I'm getting ready to go to the gym in a really tough workout cycle right now. Uh, I'll tell you what helps me get through it is, uh, and you know, I'm 43, so I get a I don't know. How do you say this without sounding like a jerk? But I get a lot of compliments at gyms from the younger guys I talk to. Some of them see me from on Fox and they're like, hey, man, not bad for an old uh, 43-year-old geezer like yourself. I attribute a lot of it to foundation. It's a Brickhouse Nutrition product available at BrickhouseNutrition.com. My humble opinion, in the nutrition supplement category, not the food category, like Field of Greens, which is their fruit and vegetable uh, food uh, powder, which is great. It's terrific. But Foundation as a food su- as a uh, nutrition supplement, I think, is the best product out there. It is a creatine ATP blend. Creatine essentially is a phosphagen, gives you an extra gas tank in the gym. They've mixed it with ATP for a double shot. It is unbelievable. All I ask is that you take the mirror test with this product. That's how confident I am with my listeners. I would never steer you down the wrong path that this stuff works. Try the product. It's called Foundation, creatine ATP blend. Give it seven days. Let it load in your system. It takes a little bit, not seven days, maybe five, seven days. Look in the mirror. Take a mental snapshot of what you look like and then look in the mirror seven days later. You'll see some increased vascularity. Your muscles will look denser. It is just an incredible product. I can't say enough about it. I got a nephew. I tell the story all the time. Drove all the way up from Fort Lauderdale, which is like 100 miles away, to get a bottle. I'm like, you probably spent more in gas. You could have just ordered it yourself. He loves it that much. It's really, really amazing stuff. Check it out. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. You will not be disappointed. The reviews on the product are outstanding okay moving on i want to talk about the evolution of this folks because it's getting lost in this too now before we get to that joe cue up that uh michael caputo clip uh, laura ingram may had tip laura ingram fox news 10 p.m eastern time show she does a great show out there had an interview last night with michael caputo michael caputo is the guy who was targeted by the Mueller probe nearly bankrupted uh and it turns out his his crime was associating with the trump team i'm 
being facetious, of course, but that apparently was his crime. He's there's uh, this guy has been out in the media now saying, listen, I was targeted for basically nothing. And this was a scare tactic to get people in the future to not work for Republican campaigns. Well, he was on Fox last night. And again, if you're a regular listener to the show, if we can hat tip Joe for doing a lot of homework and me and my researchers, we're about two to three weeks ahead of the news cycle. One of the things we've been telling you is there is more than one source in this case. There's not just one. Joe, play Michael Caputo last night from Ingram. Let me tell you something that I know for a fact. The, this uh, informant, this person that they planted, tried to plant into the campaign and even into the administration, if you believe Axios, he's not the only person that came at the campaign. And the FBI is not the only Obama agency that came at the campaign. I know because they came at me and I'm looking for clearance from my attorney to reveal this to the public. This is just the beginning. And I'll tell you, when we finally find out the truth about this, Director Clapper and the rest of them, are going to be wearing some orange suits. Whoa, baby. What was that bombshell last <laughs> night? So Michael Caputo, not Mark Caputo, inside joke for those of you who have been long-time listeners, right? Michael Caputo, who was targeted by the Mueller probe, goes on Ingram last night and says it's a fact that there are more people involved with more Obama agencies who are acting as informants for government agencies against the Trump team. And he's looking for legal permission from his legal team to come out and say it. Uh, I, again, I, I've been no air of pretension here at all. I just want to ensure you that you're investing your time wisely in my show because you matter to me and we don't put out garbage on the show. Right. We're two to three weeks ahead of this. This is the number of sources is probably a lot higher than one. Now, getting back to the evolution of this case and the panic, Shapiro had asked why, you know, why didn't any of this leak? And I had told you that they didn't have anything. And my premise for arguing that, because I don't want to give you nonsensical garbage or waste your time, is that you can sense it in the panic involved in the case how it evolved from a, what we would call human case, human intelligence, human sources to probe Joe Armacost to make sure he's guilty of felonious mopery into a SIGINT case, a signals intelligence case too. All right, we don't find anything on Joe. Well, let's intercept his emails and texts. And surely Joe is texting about felonious mopery. (laughs) Yeah, look. You can sense it by the panic that they had nothing. Folks, I was a federal agent for 12 years. I investigated a number of cases, got a ton of awards from the DOJ and postal inspectors and all kinds of stuff for doing this. I know what I'm talking about. When you got a case you think is a gold mine, you really think you're onto something. And every single turn, you find out it's a dud. It's not gold. It's lead. At the end, you start to panic. Why? Can I give you a little insight, Joe? I know you like these stories. Yeah, I, I do. hope the listeners do too. Yeah, man. Cool. Go ahead. I've worked these cases where you get a tip from, say, a bank investigator about a bank fraud. You get a tip from a local cop about a counterfeiting ring. All right. You hear this case and they're selling it to you like it's the biggest thing ever. Now, the bank fraud investigators who work for the bank, Joe, had an incentive to tell you it was the biggest case ever. Why? Because they wanted you to work the case. If Bank of America was defrauded out of $5 million and they think they got a suspect, they want this fraud to stop. Why? They lost $5 million. (laughs) They want their money back. So sometimes they would call you and they would say, and they would sell you the world. This is the biggest thing ever. And you're only human. Joe, you get baited in. You're like, okay, and I, I, I don't want to say baited in because it's a bad thing. A lot of these cases were huge. Matter of fact, one of them I worked was even bigger than the guy who told me. But often they're not. So you go to an assistant United States attorney, an intake guy, after doing some preliminary investigation. He's a prosecutor for the government because you're a federal agent, obviously. And you say, hey, Mr. United States attorney, lawyer for the government, I need some subpoenas. Uh, for what? For bank records, I've got the biggest case ever. Now, the U.S. attorney, who wants, of course, his name in the paper, too, for bringing down this big credit card fraud ring, right? The U.S. attorney wants to look good. We're all human, folks. 
listen, if I could steal a, a line from Rush Limbaugh, trust me on this one. What's his line? It's not actually, what's his line? What does he always say? Rush, I, I'm, I always Don't steal his line. Don't doubt me. Don't doubt me. Yes. There thank you, you Joe, to the rescue. See, Joe listens to Rush Limbaugh because it's on CBM. Yeah. Don't doubt me. Footnote Rush Limbaugh. Don't doubt me on this. It happens. I was there. They're only human. They want to work these big cases. They want to be in the paper. They want to get promoted within the U.S. Attorney's Office, too. They hear, hey, Bongino from the Secret Service called me today. They've got this monster bank fraud case, ties to terrorism. Oh, all of a sudden, sprinkles of stardust appear in their eyes. The media (laughs) is going to be here taking this. This is great. You keep investigating. Zippo. Nothing. All of a sudden, it's not a bank fraud so much. It's more like a check-kiting case. It's really not the extent you think the terror ties don't really come out. Uh, Later on, you find out that it was really a bad business loan. The guy's business broke. There wasn't really any fraud. You're like, oh, what is going on? Now, that's happened to me. And embarrassingly, what happens is you have to abandon the case. Then you get the bank fraud investigator on the phone and you ream him a new one for selling you a bag of uh, basically air popcorn. Dude, you embarrass me in front of the AUSA. It's happened. But don't think for a second there are other people with political motives whose entire lives are on the line. Remember my opening story about all the promises made, the underwear checker job and everything. There were people whose financial futures, their lobbying futures, their jobs, their kids' jobs, their entire livelihood, their position as a fundraiser was absolutely dependent on someone other than Trump getting elected. They were all told, don't worry. We've got Trump on this Russia thing. Don't you worry. We're going to strategically leak right before the election. He's colluding with Russia. Yep, Joe, just like that stroke in their chins like that. We've got this guy. So what happens? The big donors keep calling. It's now, Joe, July, August. The big donors are calling these establishment swamp rats and Mm -hmm. they're Democrat buddies, too. Remember, it's all big in one incestual, nonsensical cesspool, right? Hey, um, we have any hard info on that Russian collusion thing you told me about to knock Trump out? My kid still needs the underwear checking job. Ah, uh, not yet. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Do you understand in the real world this is how it works? Hence the panic. There was nothing to leak. This case evolved from a human source uh, in all the 30 front war against the Trump team, a human source investigation to a signals intelligence investigation. Now does the role of the dossier make sense and why everybody's running away from it? (laughs) They start. The operation starts around March. Don't believe any of the stories that the FBI opened the investigation in July. They may have formally opened the investigation in July of 2016. But let me put together a brief timeline for you that'll make sense. George Papadopoulos in March, the low-level backbencher Trump advisor, who I believe everybody sees as a weak link into the campaign, folks. His name is... uh, is, uh, when his name gets out there that he's working for the Trump team, the donors, the establishment swamp rats, and the Democrats need an end to the Trump team. They need to set them up for a Russian collusion narrative. They hear about this young guy, Joe. He's impressionable. He doesn't have a lot of experience, George Papadopoulos. Remember, the Trump team, you need to understand this. The Trump team could not recruit a lot of experienced foreign policy advisors. Right. The the media had made the Trump team toxic. So sadly, folks, they had to go to backbenchers. Now, a lot of these more experienced foreign policy advisors would have been aware of opposition research efforts to entrap them. You get where I'm going with this, Joe? Mm-hmm. Papadopoulos was not savvy. Papadopoulos didn't have experience. The establishment swamp rats and the people targeting Trump probably realize that, wow, this guy's going to be easy. So he gets hired in March. A week later, rather suspiciously, he's contacted by a guy named Joseph Mifsud. Remember the names, folks. Shoes to drop. Joseph Mifsud and them meet. I believe they meet in Italy. Mifsud starts talking to Papadopoulos, grooming him a little bit, becoming friendly with him. Why? What was his interest in Papadopoulos? He introduces him to a woman who claims to be a, believe, Vladimir Putin's niece. She wasn't. 
Mifsud, in April, April 26th to be precise, a little bit of a month after, after a little bit of grooming, Joe, what does he tell Papadopoulos? They have breakfast in London. Gosh, the connections to British here. The British are just, they're everywhere. They meet in London for breakfast on April 26th. And Mifsud tells Papadopoulos, keep in mind, this is in March, months before the FBI alleges it opened its investigation. Now you see the panic? Mm -hmm. In March, he says to Papadopoulos, Mifsud that is, excuse me, in April, a month after meeting him, and a month after Papadopoulos is hired by the Trump team, and a relatively inexperienced guy, he says, hey man, I've had some connections with the Russians, and they told me they have Hillary's emails. That, that is point zero. That's where this thing starts. Now the seed for the Russian collusion nonsense is planted. They are then praying that Papadopoulos spreads the word around to a network of human sources, Halper included and others, that, hey, I heard the Russians have emails from Hillary. Maybe we should go look at that. They are praying. It doesn't happen. The panic sets in. Okay, Mifsud, you, you, you plant the seed? Here's what's fascinating about Joseph Mifsud. Remember the name. Nobody can find him. Nobody can find him. You notice you haven't seen him anywhere? Yeah. Joe, you know what's also fascinating? Hmm. The FBI interviewed him in February of 2017. Now, let me ask you this. Put this together, folks. You are looking at the biggest scandal in our modern United States political history. Mifsud contacts a Trump team member. He is, as far as we know at this point, point zero. On the the Russian emails thing. Hey, George, the Russians have emails on Hillary. Spread the word, buddy. You may want to tell Stefan Halper that, too, who's working with the FBI, by the way. Hmm. They can't find Mifsud, but the Bureau interviews him in February of 2017. Now, there's only two scenarios here, Joe. Either Mifsud is working for the Russians... He has, Joe, he's claiming he has information. If the Russian collusion narrative is real yeah. and the Democrats are right yeah. and Mifsud approached Papadopoulos, the key to the whole case right now yeah. about Russian emails, then Mifsud's a Russian agent. Is there any other, or else the whole Russian thing's, well, what's the FBI going to say? Oh, no, no, that was just BS. Mifsud didn't really have it. Well, if he didn't have it, the whole story's garbage. Folks, are you tracking, please? I'm not trying to be uh, a... Are you getting this? I'm Budsman's good. Thank you. If the FBI's case is based on Papadopoulos' meeting mm. with this uh, professor, Mifsud, who intersects with the Trump team through Papadopoulos mm. and says the Russians told me they have emails on Hillary, there's only two scenarios. He's a Russian agent or he's lying. And it's a setup. Now, let me ask you, if Mifsud was a Russian colluder who really had information from the Russians about stolen Hillary emails and potentially committed a crime, why would the FBI let him go in February of 2017 to never be found again? Uh, poopski. Oh, Poopski, New York Times-ski. <laughs> yeah. Remember Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> yeah. Was it the land of the left socks? I used to love that cartoon. Stupid. And they had a line. <laughs> yeah. Stampy, you idiot. That's just one line yeah. about the land that left socks keep getting lost. Where they go, nobody knows. <laughs> where, where, where Miss Suit goes, nobody knows. But the FBI had him. So if there are two scenarios, there's a fork in the road. Mifsud is a Russian agent who passed legitimate information to a Trump colluder in George Papadopoulos. Then why'd the FBI let him go? Maybe because he wasn't a Russian agent and this was a setup the whole time? Hey, toodles, buddy. Toodles, Joe. 
I'm going to take a little trip. <laughs> nobody knows where I'm going. <laughs> Incredible how nobody's found Joseph Mifsud. Just amazing how he disappeared like that. I'm telling you the panic set in. The seed was planted. Go tell Papadopoulos about Russian emails. Watch, he'll spread it around to a network of sources we've developed. Sources. The Bureau and the IC community. He'll tell them about this, these Russian emails. We will then nail this Trump team for colluding with the Russians on the and we'll release it right before the election. Election comes around. Hey, you got Papadopoulos uh, yet talking about emails? Well, we got this one contact with him with the Australian ambassador where he mentioned something about the Russian emails, but it really wasn't anything specific. All right, we'll take it. That's good. We'll take the downer meeting in the London bar again. We'll take that. That's the best we've got. Now, does the dossier make sense? Desperation time sets in. We've tried everything. We've put these sources in. We fed them the Russian email story. They're not biting. They're not doing anything with it. Nobody's done anything. We're screwed. It's September. The election's coming up. We told all the donors we'd have this guy knocked out by now. We told the guy we promised the underwear checker job to his kid. Trump will be gone. He's still here. What do we do? All right, guys. We're going to pull out the Trump card. Pun intended again. Thank you. We have worked with a source in the past to prosecute a Russian spy, Yevgeny Buryakov. We know this guy. His name is Carter Page. Now, Carter Page worked for us in the prosecution of a Russian spy, worked for the FBI. But we know this guy. We think this guy is enough of adult that we can bait him into giving us information or enough information that when he does it, we can produce a fake dossier based on that information and we will use that dossier to move into stage two with this. What's stage two? Signals intelligence. The human intelligence is not working. We're, we're probing, we're probing, we're sending these people in to hit the Trump team. They're not biting. They're not committing any crimes. Now what do we do? We need the emails. We need the texts. Surely there's something we'll find in there. We know a guy. This guy, Carter Page, worked with us. Wait, he worked with you, right? Not against the U.S. government? No, he worked with the U.S. government. It doesn't matter. We know who he is. And he's working with the Trump team now. <gasps> Bingo! Score! Ding, 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 ding! Let's get a FISA warrant based on Carter Page. Who conveniently reaches out to Carter Page, by the way, right around this time? Oh, Stefan Halper, the source working for the FBI. Whoa, crazy how that happens. He invites him, as a matter of fact, just four days after Page gives a speech in Moscow to a Cambridge intelligence seminar with a number of British intelligence officials already associated with Hacklet, the British Fusion GPS, where Alexander Downer, by the way, was a board member up until 2014. Nothing to see here. Alexander Downer, the same guy, by the way, who meets with Papadopoulos and, according to the New York Times, starts this whole thing by claiming Papadopoulos told him about the information about the Russian emails passed on to him by Mifsud. Nothing to see here, folks. Don't you worry. These connections are all irrelevant. Put a blindfold on and go back to your daily lives. Stage two is the signals intelligence operation. They needed the emails. They couldn't get the emails to a regular standard search warrant. Why? They didn't have any evidence. There was no probable cause, Joseph, to go to a court. Someone has the bright idea. I got it. We've worked with Page on an Intel case before. Let's go to the FISA court. The FISA court, we can claim uh, Carter Page is a foreign spy working on behalf of the Russian government, and then we can spy on Carter Page. And what do we get to do when we spy on Carter Page's emails and texts, Joe? We get two hops. Not like little buddy hop hops. We get two electronic communication hops. What does that mean? If this judge is dopey enough to give us a warrant on Carter Page, a FISA warrant, not do the standard court system because our information is crap and would have to be vetted with more scrutiny in the normal court system. Let's go through the terror court system, the FISA court, 
And then we get to hop twice. In other words, everybody Carter Page emails and texts, we get their stuff. But then we get to hop to everybody they email too. Oh, Carter Page emailed Trump people who emailed Trump. Oh, wow. We get all of those too. Now we're really going to get them. We're going to nail these guys. The human sources didn't work. The email catalog we're going to develop on these people are killer. And by the way, secondarily, if we happen to give some contractor access or other people, the Clinton campaign may be able to see some of those emails with a wink and a nod. Which would benefit them how, Joe? If I was running for office against Joey Bag of Donuts, yeah. Joe, you think it would benefit me to have their internal campaign emails uh, quite a and bit read bit. what they're doing? Yeah. Maybe a little bit, right, Joe? Yeah. Just a tad? Mm-hmm. Now we get to nail them on Russian collusion. We get to hop twice from Carter Page's emails to people in the inner Trump orbit. And we're going to nail them on this Russian collusion thing we've been telling the donors about. What was the problem? Why didn't it leak? There was nothing there. Carter Page's investigation's a dud. The guy's all over cable news. George Papadopoulos' investigation was such a dud, he wasn't even interviewed to almost a year after this contact with Downer. Eh, six, seven months. Page is, at, Page is a free man. You're telling me Carter Page was a productive Russian spy and he's out on cable news right now? It was all garbage. All of it. All right, I'm going to wrap this up for you in a minute, but let me just read this final ad. you got to pay for the show. We have a bunch of great people who do that, so I really appreciate your time and patience on that. Um, it's spring cleaning time, and like Trump is cleaning out corrupt officials, you can clean up the air you breathe and make your HVAC system great again. And folks, don't procrastinate. Otherwise, dust, mold, and pollutants will clog up your HVAC system. It did mine. It'll become inefficient, and it'll end up costing you a lot of money. It cost me 20000 to replace two units. Sounds like the federal government, all that waste, right? Clean up the system or your system with my friends at FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. These guys are great. They're big supporters of the show. Please support them. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you'll never need to think about air filters again. Save money, save time, breathe better with our friends at FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Love these guys. All right, let me wrap this up for you now. All right. So, just to be clear on what we were talking about the show, Shapiro sent this out, this tweet, and uh, he was questioning with some legitimate questions. Why didn't any of this leak? I'm telling you it didn't leak because the it was nothing to leak. It was exculpatory. There was nothing there. The fact that there was nothing there explains the evolution of this campaign against Trump. I mean, intelligence community campaign against Trump. The evolution from a human intelligence sources effort. Oh, don't worry. We'll just plant a few sources, tell them the Russians have emails and they'll spread the word around and then we'll prosecute them for collusion. It didn't happen. It explains the evolution to a desperate attempt to get signals intelligence, emails and texts of Carter Page, despite the fact that they had no hard evidence that Carter Page was, in fact, a spy for the Russians. Now, I keep saying to you, does that explain the dossier? And you're probably thinking you still haven't explained it. What was used as evidence to get a signals intelligence FISA warrant against Carter Page to steal his emails and texts and in turn hop into members of the Trump team? The dossier paid for by the Clintons. Do you understand what happened? The Clintons came into this through Fusion GPS and said, oh, don't worry. We have no information to transition from a human spy campaign to a signals intelligence campaign, Joe. Don't you worry. We've got a British spy guy working with Russian intel sources that we're paying for. He's going to produce this dossier and you guys are going to use this later on to get a warrant on Carter Page. Hey, is any of it real? No, it's not real, but don't you worry. (laughs) Don't you worry one bit. Now do you understand also why the FISA applications for the warrants are so critical and why they may not be able to be declassified right now, Joe? Right. The, the applications put in front of the judges for those warrants to spy on Trump, if those applications are primarily information 
from the dossier paid for by the Clintons, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have a really, really serious problem. Even worse, if some of the information, here's a wink and a nod for those of you looking for a little tidbit. If some of the information in that dossier, um, excuse me, in the application put in front of a judge to spy on the Trump campaign and their emails and texts was information from reporters who got the information from insiders who were reading the dossier, you have a felony. You think maybe some investigations like that are going on right now? Wink, wink, nod, nod. You think some people may be in a little bit of trouble? You see the circular reasoning here? Mm-hmm. Read dossier. Mm-hmm. It's fake. Put it in front of a judge. In order to establish its legitimacy, leak the same information to the dossier to a reporter. Then cite the reporter's story about the facts in the dossier as evidence that the dossier is fake. Get it? Got it? Good. Fake dossier put in front of a judge to get a fake warrant with very real consequences. Fake warrant because it's based on garbage. Spy on the Trump team. Put in the application for the warrant. Hey, we know this is real. A reporter reported on these facts. How did the reporter get the information? From some of the same people responsible for the dossier. Wait, what? It's the same information. It's the circular firing squad. You think there may be some investigations going on here? Now does it make sense why they wouldn't declassify everything right now? Yeah. Maybe some of those people that leaked information to reporters that was highly and deeply classified got that information from the same dossier they were using to buttress their argument to spy on the Trump team, knowing the evidence was BS the whole time. Folks, one more thing on this. One of the next shoes to drop as well is going to be the connection to Hacklet, which is the British Fusion GPS. It is a network of former British intelligence agents and others. That was the Skull and Bones Society over there with the UK intelligence, former UK intelligence officers who were deeply involved in helping this Spygate operation move along. Now, the, the book is... We're, and again, we're almost done. I'll give you a pub date soon. But the connection we found is explosive. There was a very genuine motive here for the United Kingdom and former intel people to be heavily involved in transmitting information to American intelligence about Trump. One of the board members of the parent company that owns Hacklet, and by the way, Hacklet, look, let me just quickly join just a few minutes. I know we're running a little late, but I just want to go through this quick. Stefan Halper, the FBI source now named by multiple press outlets, working to intersect with the Trump orbit to try to probe them for information about Russia. He writes a book, two books, as a matter of fact, with a guy named Jonathan Clark. Jonathan Clark is a member of Hacklet. Hmm. He writes two books with him. Halper knows the players involved with Hacklet. Jonathan Clark, by the way, is the United States rep for Hacklet. Fascinating. Co-author with Stefan Halper, FBI source. Alexander Downer meets with Papadopoulos in the bar in London, and the FBI swears this was the start of the case. Alexander Downer is an Australian diplomat. Advisory board, Hacklet, to 2014. Louis Sussman. Louis Sussman? Who's Louis Sussman? Major Obama donor and Clinton donor, known as the vacuum cleaner for his ability to clean up donations. Board member of the parent company, Hacklet. Also United States ambassador to the United Kingdom. Hacklet, you got some splaining to do. Richard Dearlove, former head of MI6. Old buddies with Halper on the Cambridge Intelligence Seminar together. Bunch of former intelligence officials who get together and pat each other on the back. They leave. Dear love, former head of MI6 and Halper, right after the election. 
They say, hey, we can't be part of this Cambridge Intelligence Seminar. The Russians have infiltrated. Oh, really? What was going on at that Cambridge Intelligence Seminar? Someone threatened to out you after the election? Maybe, kind of, sort of? Folks, you are looking at the most explosive political scandal potentially in U.S. history. Excuse me, hyperbole, whatever. I'm just telling you that this thing, the tentacles, you have not even scratched the surface. Remember what Michael Caputo said. There's more than one source here. I can prove it. And when my lawyer, when his lawyer gives him permission, he's going to, this thing is going to get a lot worse. And all trails are going to lead to Obama and Clinton. The rats are scurrying. The lights are coming on. I just want to thank you all, though, on a departing note here for your patience uh, with me dealing. The story means a lot to me. I know some of you want me to get into the economic stuff, and I will always get back to that. But this means a lot to me, and I really appreciate um, your patience. This has been a passion of mine for the last six months. If we don't fix this, the republic is finished as we know it. We've then become a third world spying operation. All right. Thanks a lot to all our new listeners. Uh, You'd be doing us an enormous favor. If you would please uh, subscribe to the show. Um, I know a lot of you just listen. That's fine on the website, Bongino.com. But if you go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or SoundCloud and you subscribe, it helps us a lot. It helps us generate uh, new new downloads and new subscriptions. And that's how most of these podcast trackers, by the way, in case you don't know this, measure uh, the rankings. They measure it by subscriptions, not just downloads. So we really appreciate it if you would subscribe. A lot of them, like iHeartRadio, have a follow button. That's the same thing as subscribe. Some say subscribe, like iTunes. Um, but if you would do that, we would deeply, deeply appreciate it. It. We were think down to number nine on iTunes yesterday in news and politics. So thanks the thanks a lot. It means the world to us. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.